0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. My name is Chandra, I'm your host and thank you for being here and listening to another episode. This episode is one of our interview series about women who've made significant career change after the age of 40 to share their story of how they did it, why they did it, what they're doing now and lessons from the other side of making that change. And today, I'm very excited to introduce you to the lovely Natalie Grant. Hello, Natalie. How are you today?
1: Hi, I'm good. Thank you.
0: That's good. Uh, Natalie, I only know bits and pieces of your story so far, but I'm really looking forward to finding out more about how you've gone about making your career transition later in life. And really this interview series is about sharing as many different stories as we can of women that have made this kind of change so that the women that are listening can get a little bit of insight and inspiration about that it is in fact still possible for them because a lot of women think maybe I've left it too late and I can't make a change now. So uh, I'm excited about your story being part of that collection to give people ideas and inspiration. Thank you. So, what about if we just start off with you giving a bit of quick context? What is it that you used to do for your work and what do you do now?
1: Okay, so I have been in the real estate industry for 20 years and I, for 20, the whole 20 years, I have worked in property management. Mm-hmm. So, I worked for agencies. Uh, doing business development and managing rental properties. And now I, with my business, I now provide a a range of agent representation and consulting services for tenants, landlords. Uh, So it's a unique concept that that is different to your standard real estate agent.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Completely different. Uh, I... I've wanted to be a point of difference to other agents and provide something completely different looking at a whole new mentality towards service being provided in their real estate industry.
0: Yeah, great. And I I really want to get into how you kind of came up with that idea and and, uh, how you've sort of crafted that unique offering. But firstly, can you give us any sort of insight about, you know, you said that you were, you know, 20 years working in the real estate industry what was going on? Was there something that was a catalyst for you to to want to go out and work on your own? Was it something that you had aspired towards doing for a while or or what led to the change?
1: It, it was interesting. I actually tried to leave the industry altogether. So,
0: oh, okay.
1: And then, uh, then a complete, uh, you know, 180 happened. So I, I, I was uninspired by the industry. I was embarrassed by the industry. Uh, real estate agents don't have the best reputation generally for a very good reason mm. and uh, that, that flows through to staff and uh, that flows through to work environments as well, not just, you know, people that use real estate agents. So I, was, uh, I had had enough after 20 years yeah. and I was, I was bored, I was uninspired the, the business model of property management has remained the same for twenty five years. Yeah. and you know technology and and social trends and that has moved on. and you know and it's it's kind of like in the dark ages and I didn't have the creative freedom to to provide you know services or marketing or even use technology, modern technology. Uh, because you know real estate agents are uh, generally the old horse they they stick with what they know you know <laughs> so old school practices and I just had 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 enough I was working in environments that were not a, a healthy you know there was a real estate industry is rife with uh, bullying and sexism and right. I just had had enough and I uh, just walked away from it all and uh, didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew that I promised myself I would never work for another agent again, for another yeah. director again.
0: Yeah, and, and look, it's, it's one of those things that hearing you talk about the real estate industry uh, as being kind of stuck in the dark ages, it's so interesting that I'd never really thought about it until you just said it, but it is one of those industries that does sort of seem to have been uninterrupted significantly whereas when you look at most other industries there's been technological changes and I don't know social or lifestyle changes that created some kind of disruption but real estate does sort of still seem to be a bit of the same old same old.
1: Absolutely I mean eight years ago I was trying to get a social media campaign and you know my director was telling me you know it's not necessary you know and it's it's like you look now, you know, and, and a lot of agents are paying the consequence now for not keeping up because yeah. they're well behind the you know, the eight ball. But um yeah, so I, I tried to leave all, all together and I just ha- had to take some time off. I, I went to Europe and I didn't know what I was gonna do, but yeah. um, just had a break from it all really. And then, you know, it, I started getting calls from people and old clients and agents asking just to you know to tap into my you know 20 years of you know experience and and knowledge to help them with different projects or services and it was actually three months of doing that and helping people that I realized I had a business right in front of me. <laughs> I, you know, it had come to me. I didn't come up with it. It had come to me and it's like knocking on, on the door going, hello, you know, this is what you this is you've got your own business here. Yes. I, 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 in hindsight, I realise now um, I, I didn't. I'd never even crossed my mind to have my own business, but mm-hmm. I think that was because I didn't believe that I could do it. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. didn't have the confidence to do it. Yep. And so I just jumped off the cliff. Yes. Just, Let's <laughs> go with it. You know, whatever happens, and and yeah, it's paid it off.
0: It's so great to hear this version of this story because I think sometimes you know the story goes where you know there's some kind of catalyst somebody has an idea to do their own thing and so they go and make that thing happen or they do it as a side gig for a while Uh, or for some people they're in a situation where their role becomes or is made redundant and so they're sort of forced to go and do something different for you 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 wanted to get away from what sounds like a really not good situation, and you were wanting to to walk away from not just that workplace, but from the industry. Yeah. So and so, you really you, you did as you said didn't have a plan, but you didn't quite shake it off because it was following you like a shadow.
1: No. I, I realized that you know it wasn't the job I hated in the end; it was the environment. Right and and by people contacting me that them they actually gave me the confidence to do it because it made me realize I, I am good at my you know job I was I was constantly put down and um you know reprimanded uh, unfairly in my in, in a, a previous job and that obviously unconsciously affected me ongoing yeah. do you know what I mean and mm-hmm. And so it's it's been a, a really interesting learning and development process for myself. To you know yeah. the work that I've been doing and the reviews that I get on my Facebook page and that have uh, you know a, a glowing reviews and that I love them. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they so given good. me the confidence to keep going and 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 realise within myself that you know I I am you know brilliant at my job and that I do love my job. It was the environment when I'm doing it on my terms and my way I love it yeah and and that brought back my passion for what I do do well you know fantastic
0: and look isn't that interesting the difference that an environment change can make that you know when you are in a toxic work environment and that might come in many different flavors for different people but a work environment where perhaps for some people there might be being micromanaged Uh, you mentioned that you know in your situation there was bullying there was you know you being um, reprimanded constantly that that all does take a toll beyond just you know feeling like you're having a bad day with your boss or or whatever it can chip away at your confidence especially when it's you know over a long time and make you really question well, maybe I am really shit at my job, whereas yeah. getting away from that kind of environment and getting, in your instance, back into remembering what the job is actually about and bringing your own flavour to it can sometimes reinvigorate someone's you know, love for a job or for an industry and so it's, it's really great and interesting to hear that that's part of what happened for you.
1: Yeah, I think people you get comfortable and it's scared of, of change. People fear change, and you know I, I I put up with those conditions for years, and it wasn't until I was on the went to Europe and I was on the Mediterranean coast. You know, oh, you're I was, painting
0: a pretty picture here. Yeah,
1: and then I, you know it just hit me, and it's like, what the. hell? are you doing like why why would you put up with that like why are you still there you know and and it was over there because in the job I was constantly told how much everybody hated me you know and how horrible I was to everybody and you know I went overseas and you know people you know liked me do you know what I mean and I realized I'm not I'm not a horrible person you know I'm not and it's amazing I'm a I'm a very you know self-confident woman but even for independent woman like myself you know being chipped away like that constantly um you know it obviously has its effects that you don't think it actually does mm. and uh once you remove yourself from the situation and you can look at it from a different perspective it really um makes it that that was the, the ultimate for me you know right. i couldn't go back
0: that's, yeah. So really, I guess part of what I'm hearing is that, you know, we all just need to take a break and go to the Mediterranean and get some perspective.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so concerned.
0: good on you. And like Natalie, it's so good because I think it is like, and even as you touched on, you know, that you're a a, a confident woman and a confident person but even you and maybe because you're a confident person you kind of can get to a point where if someone's chipping away at you you can tell yourself oh i can handle it or whatever it is that that uh, internal dialogue tries to just put up with it instead of yeah. realizing that if you as you said remove yourself from the situation you can actually open up a whole new possibilities so I guess one of the big takeouts for anyone who's listening, who perhaps feels like they're in a situation that's a bit of a toxic environment, or they're in a an industry or a role that's really impacting their health in any way negatively, that you know, to to hear yeah. the encouragement that it is worth getting some perspective and stepping out of that environment, and there are other choices out there.
1: Yeah, it wasn't until I left, and and you know, even I worked for a few different places afterwards than that but just not being in that environment the change within myself and you know how much more relaxed I was and my general well-being and quality of life mm. was you know improved so much it is just simply not worth it it is a job at the end of the day do yeah you know what I mean and, and you know your 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 health and well-being is much more important much more important
0: yeah for sure so you you got out of that environment went traveling which I'm a super fan of uh, got some (laughs) perspective and then uh, because you're not in that other job anymore people started contacting you and so this this business idea kind of sounds like it just unfolded for you but but was it a case that you were just started responding to inquiries and then Realised he's the business, or did it evolve and tweak a little bit over time?
1: No, it, I was, I was actually. Uh, it was three months of people started contacting me, and I'd, I'd work for a different, a few different agents, um, just consulting and, and you know working on different projects. And then I, I started helping tenants, you know, with, with certain things and. I just thought it was a an intermediary thing while I figured out what I wanted to do with my right,
0: right. So this wasn't the grand. It wasn't like instantly you went, "Oh, great! This is what I'm doing now." You just thought, "Oh, well, I'll just help this person out while I've got a bit of time on my hands yeah, bef- before I figure out what's it. next." So,
1: it was actually a light bulb moment. I was driving home one day and it, it hit me like a brick wall. And I was like, "Natalie, you've got a business. <laughs> you've just got to formalize it." Like. You, 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 and I'm like, oh my goodness, why did I figure that out earlier, you know, <laughs> and it's like, right, okay, well, I, and it just all fell into place, it, it, the business presented itself to me, you know, it, it started forming without me even knowing about it, I was the last person to know about it, but, you know, it, but from then on, everything was just natural, you know what I mean, it just, at all it all just has progressed beautifully and in its own everything happens in the time as it should yeah you know so things unfold as they should I've just you know I've gone down another direction with in my business that I thought I would never do and you know and I have and it's like oh the easiest thing ever you know so (laughs) it's um Sometimes you have just got to sit and let it be and, and, and things work out, you know, for, for the best.
0: Yes, and in, so. your, in your situation you've been able to sort of almost directly transfer all of your skills and experience from all of your years as an employee yes. into the business. So that's great. That's one big chunk of um, skills and experience you can bring over. But what were, and it sounds like it was great in terms of, whether it's word of mouth or just your personal brand and reputation in the market that led to the first few people coming to you, yeah. what were some of the challenges that you think that you faced in that transition into oh, this is a business? It's not. I'm not looking for another job anymore. I'm setting up a business.
1: Yeah, I think the, from that perspective, like I. The, most exciting part for me was being able to do things my way, yes, and differently. So I loved that the transition. For me, was great, you know, with marketing and and you know, so many people keep it politically correct on such a safe line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I knew straight away that I wanted to, I wanted to be an agent that was, you know, honest and transparent and talked about the issues in the industry that no one's talking about yeah. you know and and you know to to step outside the box and be you know a, a role model for other women as well because they're this they they are too scared to do anything they're too spe- they can't speak up they can't pro- uh, there's women in the industry that love my facebook posts but they're too scared to even like it for fear of being reprimanded mm. do you know what i mean and that is that to me is just so devastating but it is it is real you know so i know that what i do there is support out there secretly absolutely and and um i hope that by me standing up and, and deciding to be more outspoken in in how i run my business that gives confidence to other women especially young women um to you know, to to give them the strength or confidence to, you know, or know that, no, it's not right to be treated like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And this is, you know, it's it almost feels like the industry is like a little microcosm of a world where when you're in it, there's just accepted behaviour that outside of that industry just would not be seen as okay. okay. But when you're in it, you it's easy to become... Um, what's the, uh, acclimatized to yes. that kind of behaviour or the way of, of treating other people, and you, you sort of forget that there's a, this whole different moral code that exists outside.
1: Absolutely, I was even told, you know, to, we, by a recruiter, you know, d- d- don't talk about, don't tell people, don't tell other agents, the reason why you left was because you were bullied. You know, you don't bring that up. You know, you're told to be. It's you're told to be quiet about it, mm. and that's why it's such an issue, because you you look down upon if you do bring it up, because you're automatically labelled as problematic.
0: Right. So you're a troublemaker if you're bringing that yeah. up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, even because that. That's that Like a they have
1: sued so much that they, you know, they don't want anyone that is going to claim bullying because it's, you know, it's such a a legal or from a legal standpoint real estate directors will wide that at any opportunity same with mental health issues
0: right it makes me so angry that you know there's yeah. still industries <laughs> operating in that way but i guess you know what it takes are, you know some brave trailblazers to go out and and do something differently to be able to say well i can love the industry and want to work with The clients that need the service, but I want to work in a different way and create a different culture, and hopefully over time more and more people will opt out of a culture and an environment that um, is negative and toxic and not moving with the times. But I guess we can't control that. All we can do is control our own choices. So for you, it's fantastic that you have you know broken out of that and you're going down this new pathway. So for you, you've got. Clients that have been finding you, you're expressing yourself and your flavour through social media and through your marketing and thriving in that space. Have there been any kind of learning curves or things that you think are the biggest differences between being an employee and and starting your own business?
1: Look, when when you look at the current environment with with COVID, Mm. you know, happening, um, you don't have definite income (laughs) yes yes straight out Um, yeah superannuation or things like that but I wouldn't change it for the world because I have freedom yeah Um, so uh there is the the uh, the the most difficult thing for me transitioning was routine right so uh not having to be at an office at nine o'clock in the morning it took me a good six months to stop being you know, erratic with hours and and all over the shop and, you know, it's sticking self-discipline, you know. It's it's, it's easy to say but not as easy (laughs) to (laughs) do. Yes.
0: And we all have, I think, this little, you know, as soon as you start thinking about working for yourself and creating your own business, if you do get to that stage, I think it's easy to kind of have this really great image of yourself you know, flexible hours, working wherever you want, whenever you want, at cafes with your laptop and drinking coffee and stuff. And then it's very different when actually it's like, oh, okay, there's me and I'm going to have a meeting with myself and what time shall we do that and all the distractions. So there is, I think, an adjustment that, that has to kick in when you go from what can be a fairly regimented employee situation every Monday at this time we have a team meeting and then at this time we're doing this and the deadline for that thing is here there is a bit like a school timetable in many workplaces and roles but when you're starting your own business exactly as you've said you've got to kind of create your own rhythm and have your own enough discipline to actually do the things you need to do when you need to do them
1: yeah and it takes a while to find your rhythm you know what your natural rhythm is because for me I don't I don't necessarily believe in the the nine-to-five work model. I never worked for that. You know, as a business development manager, my job was to respond, you know, instantly to someone that, you know, was inquiring about listing their property so I you know answered calls or emails seven days a week yeah you know so I and I'm not naturally a morning person do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. you know my rhythm isn't to be up at eight o'clock in the morning you know I will happily work till nine o'clock midnight do you know what I mean because yes. I'm, I'm more of a night person so I work around what suits me you know and it's a it's much more productive when you do find your rhythm and work you know around the hours where you, you are at your, your optimum. Yes.
0: And we often don't realise when we are in an employee situation what our natural working rhythm is. We just you know, maybe feel a bit tired or you think, okay, it takes me a bit to warm up. But when you do have the option of actually really tapping into that work rhythm for yourself, you can realise how much more productive you can be when you work to your strengths uh, there's a client that I work with at the moment, and she is a true night owl. In that, she often, you know, she might not get up until ten or, or sometimes later, depending on how late she's gone right. to bed. Yeah. Yep. And and she has a, you know, she's got to have a few coffees before she really warms up. And then the afternoon, yeah. she's like, okay, yep. But she comes alive at like eleven o'clock at night, and she will work yeah. through till two or whatever time. And she finds that's when she does her best and most creative work. Now when she was employed for many, 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 many years, she did have a little bit of flexibility but she still had, you know, that expectation that she'd be in the office by nine, nine-ish, uh, whereas now she's able to, on the most part, you know, structure things in a way that works and plays to her rhythm and I think that is one of the great gifts of being able to, to work for yourself.
1: Absolutely. I get a lot more done in a lot less time. Yes, i'm working with my natural with i'm exactly the same as her my my you know my optimum is at night That when there's peace and quiet yeah you know and and you know when everyone's in bed at 11 o'clock same as her that's when i'm at my best and i get i'll get an eight hour day done in three hours yeah you know because you don't have the distractions yes and i'm at i'm at you know obviously working with my body and you know what what is uh, what works best. So, yeah, it's it's more time effective, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And so I'm curious about, you know, this um, consulting approach that you uh, are now doing. How would you describe what's different from what people might think of when they think of a property manager or, or an agent?
1: Yeah. Uh, probably the biggest difference is and something that I'm doing that, nobody else is is uh, I, I provide services for tenants
0: yes you so, mentioned that earlier so I'm curious that you said so were tenants contacting you that perhaps you had you know looked after in the past or how were people tenants finding you before you knew this was a business and, uh,
1: that actually that side of the business actually started through air tasker oh so, okay yeah, so tenants were uh, posting that they they needed someone to attend an inspection for them, or you know, and that and I found that a lot there was a lot of tenants relocating from interstate, but in Victoria you have to inspect the property yourself. So this oh. is how my agent representation and my tenant relocation services began because tenants just loved it. You know, I I would go inspect the property for them. I'd do a video walkthrough. I, you know, talk to them afterwards. I then can help them in how to um, exactly what they need to say and do in their application to be approved. You know, today I have 100% success rate in my tenant relocations. Every (laughs) single client I have helped has been approved for their ideal property in two weeks.
0: It's, it sounds like you're doing insider trading for the real estate Absolutely. industry.
1: Yeah, it's gold. It's literally gold for tenants, right? And I, I love it I, <laughs> because they are so appreciative, you know, and so that I, I can, you know, I find properties for them, I inspect them for them, I even help them, you know, I can be there when the removalist turns up, you know, if they're still interstate. Like I literally are just I'm their representation in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I, I can negotiate with the tenant, uh, with the agents on their behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, I know most of the agents or, you know, I can. Follow, I, I have sources and, you know, ways of finding out information about properties that a normal tenant would of, because generally in the, the traditional real estate model, the client is the landlord, the tenant is just, you know, the person that feels that no the bill. Property. You know, there isn't a level of respect, you know, given to tenants. You know, and times have changed. You know, mm. tenants are also landlords, but tenants, you know, they that they, uh, you know, want, are wanting are willing to pay for this service. Do you know what I mean? Then you provide a level of service. They are they are just as important. So it's a completely different mentality towards service delivery than yeah. compared to other agents. And you know, that has been uh, you know one of my biggest success is absolutely the tenant relocation services so that's how it started and then I've obviously grown it from there and you know the reviews that I, I get every single you know tenant has lit, left a, a glowing review so it, it speaks for itself then. Yeah. do you know what I mean yes and, totally you know, even with even when I was a business developer manager you know in in property management word of mouth was 50% of my um, source mm-hmm. the, you know, things and the same thing, like they tell everyone, you know, yeah. everyone talks about real estate all the time, you know, and so they tell everyone, and you know, so that it's helped really give my business, uh, you know, growth and uh, merit.
0: Yeah. yeah, and so do you find, and I'm because I'm, I love the idea of this service. For certain people, they would see you as an absolute godsend. Do you find that you, because it's a paid service that you're offering, do you find that you attract a certain higher calibre of tenant or how does that play out in terms of you're almost representing the tenant, but you don't necessarily know these people? Are you able to be a bit selective about who you will represent or work with or have you not had that issue yet?
1: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't had to come across anything, any tenants yet that I wouldn't want to put in a property mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. So, you know, I, at the end of the day, I wouldn't do that from a moral point of view yeah. um, I, because it's my, I'm a licensed agent so I have my licence to consider mm-hmm. and I have my reputati- reputation and your reputation is everything. Yes, and um, so you know and my reputation is definitely is you know that i'm always have always been quite honest or black and white yeah. you know what I mean yeah <laughs> um and so if even if they are the client and they're wanting to do something that is not you know not right I'll tell them yeah point blank yeah you know because it's just not worth it i'm not going to refer an agent a tenant that I wouldn't put in a property myself yeah but um, you know, I also, during COVID, provided free a free service for tenants to help them. So it was even though it is paid, there was also the helping, assisting tenant side as well.
0: Yeah, because uh, I imagine that that would have been a time fraught with confusion.
1: Absolutely. And unfortunately, real estate agents uh, stuck to what they... You know, their reputation, they, they played right into it and they've been absolutely, in, um, in my opinion, absolutely disgraceful mm. in, in how they've handled the situation, how they've treated tenants. Even even my agent tried intimidating tactics with me. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. And so I, I offered when, when COVID first hit, And you're sitting there and your business is nearly, nearly wiped out in a second. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, through no
0: fault of your own.
1: Yeah, you you have no control over it. It's like, what what am I going to do? It's like, I might as well help people, Mm -hmm. you know. So I I started a a Facebook group, a support network for my um, suburb, Mm -hmm. uh, which now has a a thousand members and, you know, it's fantastic. But I, I also put out their free... Rental advice for tenants and landlords, but it was the tenants that needed the help at that stage because they were being, agents were giving them misinformation to avoid, you know, rent reductions
0: and
1: so many cases I've helped so many tenants that have been point blank lied to, uh, you know, ignored or, you know, refused. And it's just, it's, uh, and five minutes of my time to help them changes that some of them you know have said to me they've you know been at the point of despair yeah. you know and I've, I've been an angel that's come in and absolutely you know saved them type thing because it is such a stressful time and the the mental effect that it's having on people mm. as well you know, mm-hmm. and when, you, when you're unsure about your home yeah you know, your system, you know there, there's nothing you know worse so it's been really rewarding but um you know, it's been good, you know, as well. Now coming into winter, obviously with the the, the market as well, I'm now helping landlords because (laughs) uh, they're the ones that need it through what might be the worst winter I've seen in my career.
0: Yeah. it's What I really love about this accidental business that you've created, Natalie, is that you can, it seems like you can swing from focusing on Uh, supporting more tenants or then supporting more landlords as the market fluctuates and things change you're able to balance between the two whereas in a lot of businesses you know you would have to be really looking at how do you niche down to be focusing on one side of the fence but it's it's really been interesting hearing how you've created this model that you can actually add value to to either side, and you know who knows how your business might continue to evolve with what you see is next and where the market need is, uh, but I think that's really interesting that you know you've had this um, kind of yin and yang yeah. of the two sides.
1: Well, it's, it it opens. I mean, the traditional model it, there's one service, property. Yeah. There's one client, which is a landlord, which to me has always been crazy. Mm. You know, and and that's why I offer what I do. You know, and I've because of you know, seeing the how agents have handled COVID, and you know, hearing the stories, I'm like, I can do that so much better. You know, mm. and so I've, I've actually started property management. I've started managing property again now. So. Oh.
0: <laughs> Whereas you <laughs> said just, you swore you never would do it again.
1: Yeah, I did. You know, but, but I realized now that I, it, it's all up and running and and going well. I realized that, it, you know, I. I said that because I, I thought I hated it, mm. right? But I didn't. You know, yeah. I, I, I again, it came to me. Oh, I didn't go chasing for it. I had prior clients calling me saying, you know, I'm, I'm at my wit's end. Can you please, you know, help can you me? Manage me? <laughs> and I'd, be, I'd said no to people for like the last twelve months. You know, saying sorry, I'm not interested. You know, and then it just during COVID, and I was getting that many calls. I'm like, hang on, why, why aren't I doing it? Because yes. it's you know it's business yeah and, tell me and again like, why
0: I keep saying no to this
1: <laughs> yeah. so my business is again like knocking on the door going hello you know this is you're supposed to be doing this I'm like oh, okay all right so you know and, and it, again it, it all has just unfolded beautifully you yeah. know um and actually so um so yeah it was uh it's been and that's where my business has turned now because of it so it's uh but even though I have that, I still offer the other services. So, yeah. it, as you said, it's fluid. I can go with whatever is in need at the time. You know, yeah. before COVID hit, I was also uh, helping purchasers, you know, sourcing properties for them and helping right. them as kind of buyers' advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um because, you know, people tapping into my knowledge, you know, uh, an industry experience and know-how, I suppose, uh, when I first Left the industry, will try to leave the industry. Out. I said out loud, you know, I want to do something that can use my 20 years of knowledge. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Without, without working for an agent, and you know, slowly it's unfolded and, and worked out exactly as what I wished.
0: Yeah, you, well, you, you didn't know what it looked like, but you hoped it was out That's there. Right. yeah. <laughs> Amazing.
1: And, and, and to me now, it's obvious. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like, if I had said, you know, if I had spoken back to myself, you know, you know, 18 months ago, it, it's obvious. But I, for whatever reason, and you know, with the experiences that I'd had, you know, I wasn't ready to do it then. Mm. You know, and it's unfolded as it as it should.
0: Yeah, and Natalie, a question that we haven't tackled yet, which I think is an important one to get different perspectives on is around the impact of the money and financial side of things in making the decision to leave a job, particularly in your situation where you didn't have a plan of what you were going to go to. What was your approach financially when you made the move?
1: Um, look, at my, I had already reached the point where I used to be, career was everything and yep. so, uh, I reached the point where money I didn't care about money as long as I could pay bills. Yeah. And, and so when I I left at, when I tried to walk away from the industry and just do nothing, uh, I didn't it, it didn't come into play because at that point I my health was more important. Mm. Um, and so you, when if you don't have that income, you learn how to, how resourceful you can be yeah. and how much money you waste. Do you yes. know what I mean? So yeah. Even though my income dropped, you know, massively, yep. I was happier than ever.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, I was more resourceful. I didn't waste so much, and I haven't gone without anything.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, I don't. I haven't started this business to become rich. Mm-hmm. It's simply to just to do what I love and do what I know well, and to be able to provide for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. quality over quantity
0: yeah and you touched on a really good point there about that when you get to a point where you're deciding actually I I really want and need to go this direction and yes there's going to be a financial impact you can start to look a little bit more objectively at where your money's going and realize or whether you call it wastage or indulgences or whatever lifestyle choices (laughs) but you do start to look with just a, a more um discerning eye about what am i paying for that and do i really need it uh, do, is it worth the money and you can also sometimes for some people realize if you're in, being in a not great work situation sometimes what can happen is that you try to self-medicate by shopping or buying things or spending money in a way to try and make yourself feel better when, yeah. you know, you really, and that's a false economy. But when you start to go, oh, okay, well, you know, what are the things that I could cut back on without feeling like I'm on the poverty line or I'm really, um, you know, being nasty to myself and saying, no, you, you cannot buy a coffee out or it, like, those kinds of things that maybe I think yeah. are a bit harsh. But there's a lot of, of um, things that you can review. And I think it just takes a little bit of that self-discipline again, to to be having a look at it and making conscious choices about where your money goes, and therefore realizing what you actually need to earn to pay your bills and maintain, you know, a certain level of lifestyle often is nowhere near what we think it is.
1: Yeah. And this is where two points here. Uh, this is why everybody needs to go to the Mediterranean coast.
0: <laughs> are you a travel agent now?
1: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> they you know, are even less money at the moment. But, <laughs> yes, um, true. Because I had, that's where I had my light bulb moment that I, was, I stayed in like a, a hippie cap. Oh yeah, the islands to where all the you know I was in Ibiza so I was on the other side to where all the nightclubs and that are I was on the Mediterranean coast in a you know I had a tent and I had some fairy lights um I had you know there was a fridge with cold beer and there was you know clean communal showers and toilets and I I lived in bathers in a sarong for you know eight days and I could not have been happier. Yeah, do you know what I mean. I, I was. There was dust everywhere in my tent. You know, and <laughs> I'm like, everything. It, it's just possessions. Yeah. It doesn't. It's, it doesn't matter. You know, when I went from an environment, you know, work environment that was so toxic to that, you, I, I learned then and there on the spot, none of it mattered. Yeah. You know, um, and and so you know that was that was a pivotal you know point for me.
0: Yeah.
1: And, yeah. <laughs> so you said there
0: was two points around that um, about one was everyone has to go to the Mediterranean.
1: Yeah. I forget the other point now. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking and I'm like, yeah, I've got to talk this <laughs> <But> no. <laughs>
0: That's all right. Back to me. <laughs> the, the first point is everyone has to go to the Mediterranean.
1: I remember it now. The um, second point I think this is where turn, yeah, turning forty. I think this is where turning forty comes into it is that I had paid off, you know, I'd had the nice car and paid off the nice car. You know, I had I purchased some investment property. So, I was at a point in my career where instead of, you know, you're in your 30s where you're trying to reach goals, mm-hmm. I'd achieved my goals. And yeah. That gave me the freedom to to, to do that, you know, and uh, I think that that was a big part of it. I wouldn't have been able to do that prior. Yeah. Um, You know, but but that's that's also natural. You know, growth, normal growth is that, you know in our 30s we're trying to you know we're always trying to chase something. You know, accumulate. Yeah, yeah. Because society says you have to be you know here by this age or do this by this age. Yeah. Um, None of it matters. None of it matters. You know, it doesn't matter what age you are. You can achieve anything you want to. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you wanting
0: yeah agree and don't worry
1: about what other people think or or you know what society says you know is the norm mm. who cares about that
0: you yeah know. go your own way i love it
1: absolutely
0: so <laughs> natalie if people are wanting to connect with you reach out to you find out more about what it is that you do and your services where should they go to connect with you
1: yes yeah, so my facebook page is which is uh, Natalie Grant Consulting, Mm -hmm. has uh, a whole heap of information. I can be contacted there or my website, which is nataliegrant.net.
0: Great. And I'll make sure that we put links in the show notes so people can just click on those links and make sure they're going through to the right place. So we'll make sure we include those. Natalie, are there any other thoughts or tips that we haven't already covered that you think would be helpful that perhaps – to someone who's back, you know, where you were in a work environment that's not working for them anymore and maybe they, they don't know what they want to do next but they know it's not what they're doing now, any thoughts for, for someone who's in that sort of situation and thinking about making a move?
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is never make a decision based on fear. Mm-hmm. And... You know, to you know, things will happen. I mean, it's confidence. You know, back yourself. Yeah. Back yourself. You know, and, and that has is something that happens naturally as you, you know, a grow and age. But never do something because you're scared of the, you know, such, you know, or what people think. Yeah. That's what people think because they're not paying you, they're not providing you happiness. It's you create your own your own destiny. You create your own path.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and I think talk say what you want, what you really want. Say it out aloud.
0: Yeah, because we don't often do that, do we? When we're you know maybe having these thoughts, it's very easy to internalize, especially if the external perception is, oh, you know, you've got it all together, and you've got this great job, and you've got these properties, and you know, you feel like the external presents really well that you know either you're being selfish if you're not happy or for whatever the inner story is that we tell ourselves that sometimes we don't express what we really want
1: by by expressing it saying it out aloud what you really want to yourself you know you can look a little bit crazy that's fine <laughs> you know you, you say that aloud you open you start opening doors because you're you're manifesting you know for yourself yeah and like I said to you I, when I first tried to leave the industry, I said to myself, you know, out loud, I, I want to be able to do something that utilises my 20 years' experience. You know, it was it's gold, you know, for people. Um, I need to figure. I want to figure out how to use that, but not work in real estate. Yes. And 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 look what's happened. You I, manifested exactly around. that. Exactly that. Yeah. You, you say it out loud because that starts to open doors.
0: Yeah. Even if you don't 100%. know exactly what it looks like, you can 100%. kind of open up the direction that you want to go.
1: 100%. And that's why you, you say say what you want and, and then sit with it. You don't have to have all the answers mm-hmm. straight away.
0: Yes, because yeah. that can be another thing too that I've observed is that people think if they're unhappy in their current situation but they don't know exactly what they want to go to next, uh, they sort of feel like if I don't know all the answers... I'm not going to make any kind of move, whereas I'm a big believer of if you've got the the instinct, the feeling like you want to make a change, start making some kind of small steps such as declaring just for yourself initially but then have a conversation with one person just to say, I don't know what it is yet but there's something over here maybe one day then it might be doing some online research or having a coffee catch up with someone that does a similar thing that you think you might want to learn more about those small steps are going to give you more clarity as you go so you don't have to see the whole path you've just got to trust yourself or back yourself as you said and start to explore just you know what might be over that way knowing that there is a whole world away from what you're already doing.
1: Once you give it energy, it'll it'll start a chain reaction naturally.
0: Yeah, amazing. Seems like a good point for us to leave the interview on. Natalie, thank you so much for sharing your insight. I love the fact that you are an accidental business owner (laughs) (laughs) and a a magic Mediterranean manifester. Uh, And I'm really excited for you about this new business direction for you and I, I truly wish you all the best in your continued business growth.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for uh, having me on the show.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks, Natalie. So that's it for another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. But if you are at a point where you have an idea and you feel like the next phase of your work life is going to be you working for yourself, then one of the first things that you really, really need to get sorted is the money side of things. And I'm not just talking about figuring out how much money it's going to cost you to get a logo or and a website done. I'm talking about you and how you handle the money side of your work and life. And to get you started on that, one of the things that you need to know is that there are actually five money zones. And these are five aspects of your life that influence how you think, feel and act around and with money. How much you earn, what you do with the money that you earn, how it helps you or holds you back. There's a whole relationship that you have with money. So if you're going to create a successful thriving business that gives you the sort of freedom and lifestyle that you want to enjoy, then you really need to know what the five money zones are And which one of the five zones you need to work on first based on your unique situation in order to have the biggest positive impact on how much money you earn and keep. And you can discover all about the money zones right now in an easy five-minute money breakthrough quiz that I've created that you can get your hands on right now at thetransitlounge.com forward slash quiz. I'll put a link in the show notes for you as well, but it's transitlounge.com forward slash money quiz. And I really do encourage you to go and check it out because if you can get your money side of things sorted, then trust me, everything else becomes so much easier for you to start and grow your own business. When you don't have the money side sorted, it tends to be the fastest handbrake to your creativity and your business growth. So go do that now. You've got nothing to lose. Go do the quiz, figure out your money zones and go have a great week. See you next week.